following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN, your home for K State athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Hi, everyone. Hola. Welcome to the game. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, Sage Williams, and no DG once again. He's actually going to be hosting a banquet tonight. So he needed the extra two hours to get his hair ready. In other words, put in a ponytail and uh, find his best button-up shirt. I told him not to go pearl snaps. Put a bolo with it? I thought that was a little too small town country <laughs> and i know that's not his look by the way troy and i were talking uh, actually before we get to that i will tell you i've done those manhattan high banquets before he's going to do it for the manhattan high softball team mm-hmm. i've done those banquets before yes. and i know who i, I know the guy he is he's going to try to crack some jokes get a few laughs mm-hmm. be a comedian mm-hmm. as he opens up i've tried doing that before and typically those banquets chirp chirp it's a tough crowd chirp, chirp. yeah tough yep. crowd like they're yep. not here for the jokes no. And it's not like it's anything going like pushing the envelope or anything. Like, I remember making a joke about, uh, you know, the order of when the parents can go up and eat, go get their food. And you go by <laughs> seniors, juniors, parents then, and sophomores. I'm like, sorry, freshman parents. Some point you'll get up there earlier. But right. For now, you got to wait. Not a, not a <laughs> response. Like, you know, that kind of comedy. Right. Yeah. You know, nothing too big. It, it, it's the rubber chicken circuit. It just doesn't work as well. Locally. Now, before we, I mean, right before we came on air, Troy dropped this little piece of information that Saturday his folks is taking him out to dinner to a steakhouse in Kansas City, which proves it that it uh, doesn't matter how old you are, the parents will still take you out to dinner once in a while. For, for one thing, that is an ongoing argument in our household because... Dad will fight off my brother and my attempts to pay checks. My parents, you know, we, we used to do this thing with my grandparents in an aunt of mine. Like every Saturday we'd go out to lunch somewhere around here. And, you know, my grandpa, he's really up there in age now. We tend to do buffets. It's a lot easier for him. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't really do menus anymore. So it limits the places where we go. Sure. But, you know, buffets can be a tad bit expensive. Sure. And so, you know, I, I do offer to pick up the check, and usually my parents will let me do it once in a while. They're cheap, so they'll let me do it once in a while. But usually my dad or my mom wants to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had to literally, and we specifically went to Topeka on Saturday to have dinner with my folks, lunch with my folks, to celebrate Dad's birthday being Saturday and Mother's Day on Sunday. And I had to tell the server right up front, uh, no, the check is coming here when this is done. The check is, and, and basically tell my dad that there was no way he was going to win the argument this time because this was for his birthday and I, I wasn't going to let it happen. That is the rarity, the rarity, because he feels like he has to catch every ticket. Sage, you try to pick up the ticket once in a while? I don't because I know my dad. Um 
anyone he pays for everyone and that yeah. includes any guests that we have so if i have a friend that comes with me my boyfriend tried to pay yeah and i told him i told my boyfriend i was like he's not gonna let you do that no nope, that's and he a nice tried gesture to, yeah he tried that's... to take it my dad said nope Nope. It's gonna <laughs> he be, did the right thing, though, I think. It's going to so. be what plays out this weekend, too, because my nephew's girlfriend has been invited. And so, you know, absolutely. Uh, Dad will wind up spotting that check, in, and he will hear nothing, nothing now, of an argument. You told me about the restaurant you're going to, and it's – say it again. It's Is it Hereford? Am I saying that right? Yes. Hereford Steakhouse in Kansas City. Hereford House, you yes. you got a few of them there, Hereford House. Um, yeah, it looks pretty good. And the cowboy ribeye is talking to me. I've always wanted to do the tomahawk steak, and I have not. One of these days. All right. It's Wednesday. You know what that means. And that means it's time to talk to Derek Young from K-State Online. He's going to join us here for the first hour. We're going to talk a lot of K-State recruiting. D.Y., once again, appreciate you joining us here on the show on another Wednesday. When's the last time you picked up the check for your parents? Uh, when's the last time I saw my parents is probably a better <laughs> question just because I'm, I rarely get to Ohio. Um, I mean, I'm all for it. I would, but I, I usually don't get the opportunity to pay. That's usually mm-hmm. something that my, that my parents take a hold of. It's amazing how that happens still. We can be, you can be 50 years old, D.Y., and it still happens. Yeah, I mean, that's that's really the case. I can't even remember like a single time where I even had a chance to pick it up. Something about being the oldest man and a pride thing, mm-hmm. um, I think, certainly plays into it. D.Y., let's get started here. Let's talk some K-State basketball first. And the uh, big story from this week, go back to Monday, and we're wait, waiting for 2 o'clock to roll around because that's when Antoine Davis, 22nd leading scorer in men's basketball history, is going to announce his decision on where he's going to go. Going back to Detroit Mercy, K-State, Maryland, Georgetown, or BYU. But with the series of tweets that would come out later on about this NIL deal out of China with Global, Jimmer Fredette is tweeting out about how he's ready for, uh, you know, BYU is ready for Antoine Davis to come to Provo, Utah. So when those tweets start to come out, you see this big deal, this six-figure deal coming out of China. Are you thinking, all right, it's got to be BYU? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking because I was told Maryland was out, and as we got closer to the decision, it didn't seem like Kansas State was going to be the choice. So, um, I but I, not to pat myself on the back, but I had said all along, even in the things I wrote and on our podcast as well, that I thought the potential swerve, and I might have told you guys last week, I thought you the did. potential swerve could be sticking with Detroit. Ultimately, that's what he decided to do. But in that string of events, right before his announcement. It definitely seemed like BYU would be the choice um, because I think we also uncovered, or at least someone did, um, and I'm, I guess, putting my trust and faith in their ver- uh, their verification here that that company was even associated with Jimmer Fredette of some sort. So um, it definitely all the pieces of the puzzle seem to like go into place for the Cougars to win that. But, yeah, a little shocker at the end, and it was uh, staying with Detroit. Well, Jimmer Fredette does play professional basketball in China right now. Uh, I, I don't know if he is associated with the company or not, but it did seem like he was trying to do something to get Antoine Davis to BYU. Yeah. But then we learn at 2 o'clock the swerve, like you said, D.Y., that it's Detroit Mercy. Before we get into the weirdness of his NIL deal, 
what was like your number one clue that you that made you think it was going to be him returning to Detroit Mercy? Was it just simply uh, his dad's the head coach? Oh, I mean, that played a part, right? In the fact that he's really close to the scoring record, and obviously his the most scoring opportunity he would have would be with Detroit Mercy, just because of the competition that he would face on a nightly basis. And then, I mean, remember when he first entered the transfer portal and, and began his recruitment, he wasn't speaking about a potential return to Detroit at all. Then all of a sudden, like a week or a week and a half before his decision, they're popping up on the graphic. Um, they're being consistently mentioned as, as a potential outcome. When he first began to do this, that wasn't one. So I just thought, you know, at least for me, the intermittent or the late entry of Detroit Mercy was a sign of that we should be paying attention to them as a possibility. My first hint that it might be Detroit Mercy was that he wears number zero. And I was like, there's no way he's wearing number zero at K-State. Might as well just rule cats out right now. Number zero is not up for grabs, young man. We're speaking with Derek Young from K-State Online. So we hear the NIL deal come around and we get the details on what it's all about, six figures potentially, uh, but it's with this Global company. They, you know, basketballs that light up. I don't know if they're glow in the dark. You just flip a switch and it turns on. You can put batteries in it. I don't know how these things work. Me either. But I, he's I, getting. I really, <laughs> I really don't either. But it's interesting because if we consider the details that that are at least known about this deal, and what we potentially think, you know, some of these other schools are are providing in terms of you know, NIL value, competition profits, even though it's being masqueraded as that. It, it seems like he almost took a little bit of a pay cut, too. Yes. Yeah, I agree. That's the weird part of it, because he's going to like 20,000 of these balls, according to his dad, who who did an article or did an interview with a, with, um, a media outlet. I can't remember what it was called, but he said like 20,000 some balls, and he's going to have his logo on it, Will Antoine Davis, and he'll sell them. And some of the profits are going to go to the athletic department and also – um, his teammates. So I mean, that's a great gesture, but I agree with you. I like. I think this is a weird deal. Like, this does not feel like a good deal to me. No, it it, it seemed like because this is up to six figures. Uh, hmm. I, I don't know for a fact, but there's a part of me that is per, is pretty certain that he probably would have received far more somewhere else, like a far more of a guarantee, like an actual six figure guarantee. Maybe not. Maybe I'm over you know, overshooting his shot here when it comes to some of the other schools like Kansas State and BYU and what they were aiming to do for him. But instead, he I'm sure there's some kind of guarantee, but I don't think the guarantee is six figures. I think the guarantee plus whatever he can make off what, however many balls he can sell is probably could get him to six figures. That's at least the impression that I've received from reading the language associated with the deal contractor or whatever you want to call it. I think it's interesting too, that he's not just like marketing or endorsing or, or, or uh, having his brand on the ball. Like he has to be a part of the process of selling it too. Yes. Like they're not just selling it um, for him. Um, he has to shoulder some of that manual labor, so to speak. So it's an interesting, interesting on a couple different fronts. I mean, maybe part of the deal is his teammates on their off time will have to work for him and like package all these balls and ship them out or something. I don't know. Maybe that's the deal of paying them or something. I don't. I'm just that's probably not true at all. But somebody's I, I, yeah. gonna have to send them out. 
I have a vision, and I forget what show I've watched, a funny TV show, of like him getting stuck at some point. He's just got like a garage full of glow balls that he couldn't sell. Well, it kind of reminds me of like Pursuit of Happiness. Will Smith has all those, I don't know what those machines he's trying to sell, and he's he's having a hard time selling them, and he's got a bunch left, and yeah, having a hard time for sure. Uh, With Derek Young from K State Online, so then kind of the K State side of things. I don't know if you came up with this conclusion, but it kind of feels like maybe this was the agenda the whole time. Try to build his stock in the transfer portal. Say, hey, all these teams want me. It's time to get that NIL deal. I'm going to set some records if I go back home. And uh, it's time to put my logo up on a, on a glow ball. But do you feel like, I mean, got to feel bad for the coaching staff, right? Because it feels like he wasted their time. Yeah, I mean, if you come to the conclusion that he, he was always going to pick Detroit, then it probably does feel like a waste of time. That's just, if you think that was the conclusion all along, I think that's probably the sentiment that, or the feelings of, you know, either the coaching staffs that were competing for services would feel. I can't say with 100% certainty, so I don't want to speculate too hard, but obviously it's easy to draw that connection and, and that um, conclusion now, uh, uh, looking back on everything and how it unfolded. Yeah, way too easy. With Derek Young from Case Online, DY will take our first break, and when we come back, we'll t- take the next step and kind of the, it's the formula right now. What happened this last week and now moving forward, what's to come? We'll go to what's to come next for K-State basketball recruiting when we speak with DY up next year on the game. Hour one of the game. Mitch Troy and Sage with you live in studio. Joining us via Zoom is Derek Young from K-State Online. Before we get back into hoops, during the break, I was watching a video on Twitter of B. John Robinson basically doing squats. Um, yeah, that guy is um, is an absolute beast. I don't know how much weight was on there. I didn't really pay close attention. But I, I'm sorry, but those legs are about the size of Tom Turkey's. He's working on He's, his Earl Campbell look. I mean, God, that kids in shape <laughs> he's working on his earl campbell look back with Derek young from case down line dy do you know how much you can squat no I, I usually don't squat just because my knees are pretty rough <laughs> from my playing days uh, what did you are you talking about football yeah i mean i hurt my knees pretty bad in the middle school football and i just never could really squat too much because it was so much stress on my knee i'll tell you what like i, I was never like a great football player or anything i played all through high school and um man i tell you what in the weight room upper body sucked hated it i hate doing bench press but squats man i could i could bang out some squats i mean we're talking 300 plus i that's where i excelled if anything was in was on the rack and the uh, the squat rack for sure uh all right dy we can get back into uh some k-state basketball talk uh you know you got to move on of course from Antoine Davis and I, uh, I'm sure you guys have uh, reported on it, and of course we've we heard about it in an Andy Katz interview, Kellis Robinette with an article earlier today talking with Coach Chang about you know, it's kind of the timeline on where he wants when he wants to get the team set. He's looking at the you know the latest probably August to have this team set and uh, and ready to go. But he also uh, has mentioned that got a high school kid hasn't announced yet, but. And he can't talk about it, obviously, because of NCAA rules, but I uh, feel like he's got a high school kid in the bag. Do you know potentially who would be talking about? 
No, we don't. I, I don't know if anyone that does our, our speculation and educated guess would be Jared Valencia because he's supposed to be visiting Manhattan in the near future. You know, I'm kind of a raw project that, you know, you know, about a year ago brought in some really good offers such as Creighton and I want to say Houston and maybe Xavier and schools, schools of that nature. But I, my guess would be him. But I can't say that we know, no, no. Yeah, that he's the kid from Columbia, right? Yeah, so that's the kid from Columbia where I think his program that he plays for actually tweeted out that he'd be visiting on May 11th. Um, they tweeted that out last night, which is today. But, um, yeah, we spoke to him, and I, it might be a few more days before that visit actually transpires. But it is in the works, So, and he has a Kansas State offer, was one of the first offers from Coach Tang. So, I mean, reasonable speculation could say would point his way. Now, Antoine Davis is a guard, and that's certainly why K-State needs guys that can score, then can play the guard position, yep. uh, and, and definitely guys that can come in and start. There, there's no doubt about that. He, he, he's got a bench. He needs some starters right now, especially at the guard position. Um, but Antoine Davis no longer on the table. So who would you put next on that list of uh, targets for Jerome Tang and company when it comes to – what I just mentioned, that criteria, guard that can score. Yeah, I mean, there's still big game hunting, I believe. Um, there's there's actually quite a few of those still remaining, believe it or not, which is part of the reason why Kansas State's still at eight players. And um, if you count that high schooler and, and other teams still have you know three to five spots available too. Um, there's plenty of guys in the portal that are pretty good that still haven't chosen yet. Josh Minata, Memphis, um, I'm not sure if, um, where he figures into figures into it for Kansas State, but he's someone they're looking at. A couple bigs that are still on the board, um, actually, th- uh, that they've chased is F.A. Abagidi from Washington State and Kudus Wahab from Georgetown. Some some of those core guards that you alluded to, or Grant Sherfield from Nevada, might have to get a waiver to be able to transfer. Um, he, he actually started out at Wichita State and left because of the whole Greg Marshall fiasco. So that might be where the waiver comes into play. But he's available, and he's a essentially a 20-point-per-game scorer as well, um, just another one of those one of those types of guys. I think Oklahoma is in the mix for him as well, and he's actually still you know more concentrated on the NBA draft process than anything. Emoji Gibson still makes sense. I know he's getting a look from a few SEC programs like Florida and LSU. Um, competing there with K-State, but obviously he played in North Texas when Jareem Dowling was the assistant there, so I think he's an option. Um, I think they've pursued him. Now, I'm not saying these are all likely. I don't know how likely they are, but those are just some potential uh, targets. Isaiah Mosley from Missouri State. Everybody knows him. He's one of the, was one of the best scorers in all of college basketball the last couple of years. He's still available. Most thought he would go to Kansas. He may still go to Kansas, but technically, if Christian Brown and and uh, Jalen Wilson stay in the draft, and or, or or if they both return to school, I'm sorry, if if Christian Brown and Jalen Wilson were both to return to school, and it sounds like Christian Brown will, and Jalen Wilson probably more of a 50-50 proposition, they actually don't have space, and they can't add Isaiah Mosley, which is interesting because he's really good friends with Christian Brown, obviously. Does that open up Kansas State? They've been in contact with them for a while. I think Texas Tech is in the mix there. I think Louisville is in the mix there. So there's still quite a few irons in the fire. Um, probably still quite a few scores left in the transfer portal, believe it or not. This process is 
a little bit slower than we're accustomed to seeing just because of the NBA draft combine, the NBA draft process and things of that nature and the coaching, you know, carousel. It's just a new era. You're sitting here in the middle of May and there's plenty of teams with still multiple spots remaining. With Derek Young from K-State Online. So you, you, you hinted on it there a little bit, talking about the NBA draft process. Um, that basically wraps up. I mean, you got to pull your name out if you're not expecting to go in the draft by roughly the middle of June, right? So when it comes to Coach Tang, and he said, he said before that, I mean, he wants guys that can compete in the Big 12. He doesn't want to just fill some roster spots with whoever just to fill those spots. So we, I mean, clearly he's going to be going after some guys um, in the uh, that are currently in the NBA draft process. But I mean, how much do you think that right now is a factor and on being patient and, and waiting weeks or maybe a couple of more months to fill up the roster? I think it's an overwhelming factor because I think that uh, you know some of the guys that they've invested the most time on um, are still in it, still concentrating on that, and they're not really going to redirect their attention until that process is complete and, and maybe they stick in the draft who knows you know kevin mccaller is another one uh kansas state's not in the game he's i think he's picking kansas or gonzaga but he's technically still available but he's going through the draft process and i don't think he's going to pick um pick a school and, until that is finished so there's still and, and and if kevin mccaller picks kansas or tyrese hunter picks kansas that's another guard that's still available it's really good right tyrese hunter from Iowa State, Rondell Walker at Oklahoma State. All these guys are still available, and, and there's there's multiple avenues remaining where teams can explore. But th- th- those were just an, you know more examples of Kansas could load up and fill up pretty quickly, even if Brown or Wilson left. So um, they got multiple irons in the fire. So it's interesting, you know, kind of at some point, the way some of these cards are falling and, and the dominoes are falling, I almost think this patience and battle of attrition that Kansas State is operating with is probably going to be rewarded. And you're going to end up with a pretty good score that wants to come back to college basketball, but not everyone has a spot remaining. No doubt about that. Speaking with Derek Young from Case Line, one more on basketball. I just kind of want to get your thoughts on um, the first visit for the 2023 class that Case Men's Basketball had this last weekend in Layden Blocker, 6'2 point guard. Uh, from Sunrise Christian Academy, which is not exactly a rare place for Drum Tang to go recruit from, uh, because certainly I, I don't know if it was him, him himself, Drum Tang at Baylor, but from Sunrise Christian Academy, Kendall Brown is from there, and another player from uh, Baylor is on that uh, from there as well. But uh, sounds like he really liked his visit to K State. Yeah, Drum Tang is is the one I think that was operating the most with the with Sunrise Christian Academy. So that's a great connection to have. And, and yeah, Lane Blocker, one of the best point guards in America, uh, plays at Sunrise Christian uh, Christian Academy. But like many of those players, not actually from Kansas. I think he's from Arkansas. So Arkansas is going to be a big player for his services. He's he's visiting Maryland this weekend, and then he'll visit Kansas and Arkansas. Kansas, another school, won't have a ton of twenty three spots maybe we'll see what what it looks like arkansas for sure too they've really loaded up for the 2022 season um there is definitely an angle in a scenario that could play out where the wildcats are are really overwhelmingly in, in the picture for Layden blocker and to be one of his four official visits that he has planned and really sometimes you don't always want to go first but i think 
it was at least a good sign that the first visit he did set up was Kansas State. It wasn't just that he's visiting there first. When he was planning these four trips, the first one that was scheduled was with the Wildcats. So there are some good signs and points of optimism to allude to in regards to the pursuit of Blocker. And they're certainly not going to let up. They're going to have a relentless pursuit of him, and we'll see how it falls. Um, I imagine that he's probably, you know, going to decide between now and, or probably between his last official visit and and like November, December, that signing period. I believe it's around there. So uh, I, I don't think we're going to have to wait an, an overwhelmingly amount of time to get a conclusion on where he ends up either. One more segment with uh, Derek Young from K-State Online is coming up next. And when we do come back, let's talk some football because K-State had a successful recruiting weekend this past weekend. More with D.Y. next on The Game. We continue with The Game. Feel free to give us a call, 537-1350. Mitch Fortner, Trey Coverdale, Sajay Williams is with us as well. Did you bring in those uh, old uh, quizzes you used to take in your music history class? No, I've been working on another final today. I'm sorry. I'll bring them in. What? I'll bring them in. <laughs> bring because I I want to do a practice test with her on air because it's music yeah. history. Yeah, I mean that sounds like fun, right? So yeah, we right. can definitely do that. I'm still planning on doing it. I just yeah. Well, you gotta do it crazy. tomorrow. Priorities. Yes, of course. I'm gonna send them tonight. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's continue on. Derek Young, while he's still with us here in the first hour of the game, we've taught basketball. Now we transition into football because pretty good weekend. For the Cats this past weekend, hosting four, they got four, but one of the uh, the guys they got wasn't actually on this particular visit, and that's why I want to start, D.Y., and I'm talking about from Fullerton Community College, he's a defensive back named Jordan Wright, who, after thinking about the Cats, got some interest from Florida State. Were you worried that he was uh, going to be a Seminole and not a Wildcat? How surprised were you about Jordan White, Jordan Wright picking K-State? Well, very, very surprised, right? He visited Kansas State. He was going to visit West Virginia this past weekend, but he bumped because they had offered right before the Kansas State visit. And then he bumped that out to go to Florida State because they they offered uh, Mike Norvell and the Knowles offered uh, right, right after he returned from Manhattan. And then while he was in Tallahassee, he decided to cancel his West Virginia visit and not and not go to Morgantown altogether. So to me, all those signs kind of suggested that he would be picking the Seminoles. So yeah, very, very surprised. It's one of the better recruiting wins if you consider that he was offered by Florida State and just visited and they still still won um one out for him. So it was a pretty impressive. Man, suck it, Mike Norvell, and suck it, Neil Brown. <laughs> Take that. Yeah. yeah, the two coaches that were also interviewed along with uh, Chris Kleiman yes. for the Kansas State Dome. Right. Now, do you know, like, I know he was like a, an All-American at the JUCO level, right? But I mean, when I saw his stats, he had like 18 tackles and no picks. Were quarterbacks just not throwing to him? Is that what made him so good? Do you know? I'll assume so. It's hard for me to know because you don't you don't get to watch every clip of every game on his highlight reel, and, and far be it for me to go out and watch Fullerton College play. So I I couldn't really tell you, but I I will say that his his stock was only going to soar even more and only going to grow even more. Um, I I think plenty of people think that he is definitely a power five starting uh, caliber player. 
Well, I mean, D.Y., I was hoping you'd have all that film and you'd be able to give me a breakdown on exactly how good he is on first down, second down, third down, whatever. But, uh, hey, I get it. You can't watch every guy. Um, <laughs> it's tricky. Well, I was just – Troy and I were talking about him. I was like, you know, I, I, there's no stats on this guy. Like, I just imagine he's like an Echo Boido type of talent. But um, I, I do want to ask you now about – some of the guys that were on this last recruiting visit this past weekend and did pick the Cats. Modesto Juco from Turlock, California. Anthony Frias is my favorite guy that they picked out of the uh, the three that did visit this past weekend because he's going to back up Deuce Vaughn, a running back who had some really good numbers with an offense that loved to run the football. But I'm sure you – hopefully you've seen a little bit on him, but Anthony Frias, pretty impressed about that get as well. Yeah, I think he's a perfect complement to Deuce Vaughn because he does a lot of the things that they probably want to take off of Deuce Vaughn's shoulders. So I think it's just a perfect fit. Um, kind of went into their culture pretty pretty perfectly just because they, they expect him to have a very high work ethic. He's a guy who really wants to roll up his sleeves and just get to work, and he's kind of a weight room animal. So mm-hmm. uh, a lot of things that kind of comply with what Kansas State's trying to build in Manhattan and, you know, He's going to be a short yarded situation kind of guy, a little bit of a bruiser, and a very and I was been told a very willing and a very able pass blocker, a very willing and a very able run blocker. So if you get into the two back or diamond formations, he'll be a pretty good weapon in that case because of how able he is to get out in the open field and connect on some of those contact blocks. And then I'll, you know he showed it on his tape, and it was been expressed to me too. Very good in the passing game, too. Not just as a blocker, but as a receiver, too. So a lot of the little things, um, short yard situations, some of the blocking stuff, he's kind of that perfect complement to Deuce Vaughn that they were in search of. Now, maybe he's never a number one back. Maybe he is. We'll find out. Mm-hmm. He might not be, but he might be just be a perfect number two back, and he still has three years of eligibility remaining. Oh, I love exactly what you said, D.Y., a compliment to Deuce Vaughn. I love his numbers from his freshman year. At Modesto Juco, 851 yards, 17 touchdowns, 5 yards a carry, and maybe he could be more of that Joe Irvin type of back, a little bit bigger, um, even though Joe Irvin and uh, – am I getting mistaken with Jacardi A. Wright? I think Jacardi A. Wright was a little bit bigger, right? And Joe Irvin and Deuce had similar size, yep. but uh, was a little bit more of the power back. Um, hopefully, Frias could be a little bit more of that power back, right up the gut type of stuff. Now um, – I'm not honestly really too high on Jaden Jackson. Is there, he's the wide receiver that's going to transfer in from Ole Miss. He played three years there and just had 15 catches. I mean, is there anything you could tell me that might change my mind? I mean, I mean, there's not a whole lot of production to speak of in, in across three different seasons, so I can understand people's hesitation on Jaden Jackson. He played at Ole Miss for three years, and I don't think he ever had 10 catches in a season, so the production has certainly been limited. Um, that's one word you probably hope that the skill and the talent that's likely still there that warranted all those offers out of high school and warranted Ole Miss keeping them around for that long is still there. And it, it just hasn't clicked or meshed well with, with the next, uh, with the coaching staff or what they want to do and that it hopefully does click in Manhattan. So I, I'm not sure we're talking about a huge production kind of guy. At least he wasn't at Ole Miss. But probably a little bit of a stab here to say this guy's still really skilled. This guy's still really talented. He's really fast as well. He has two years of eligibility remaining. Maybe it clicks for him somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, I, if I were to put a prediction on his production like this upcoming season, maybe falls into like a Cade Warner 
type of role with you know, limited catches, but um, you know, if he could put up 200 yards, like that would be, in my opinion, maybe a tad bit of a surprise. Now, uh, I do have a couple more for you, D.Y., and we'll let you go. But, um, I, I mean, I'll let you call it right now if you want to. You could be the first to do it. Is Drake Cheatham, sophomore, Prairie View A&M, is he going to be the next sauce boss like Reggie Stubblefield? Is he going to be the next I think, Reggie Stubblefield? I, I think he has just one year of eligibility remaining, if, I, um, if I'm correct. I think he even told me that. He just Because uh, I thought you said sophomore. But I think he's a senior. I think he just has one For year safety. left. safety. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Safety. Uh, different positions, to be quite honest, different kind of players. And I think the personalities are really not the same. So if you're kind of looking for that really swaggy kind of guy, this one's more humble, more hmm. to himself. All right. Well, maybe we could turn him into an animal when it comes to his attitude and just have that dog mentality like uh, Reggie Stubblefield did. All right. So Gavin Forsha is like the, is the awkward situation here so he does visit he gets an offer from k-state the linebacker from tyler uh junior college nashville tennessee kid music city usa hope he loves music um and um but he gets the offer does not commit now i would imagine this is because he does have some pretty nice offers on the table and is expected to visit some more places is that right yeah gavin Forsha might um he has been asked to take an official visit to both LSU and USC. Um, those are the two schools being considered probably more so USC um, against the Kansas state offer. Um, and, and if he, it's very much assumed and kind of, uh, you know, wink, wink, hint, hint, he makes those visits, he'll get offered if he takes those trips. But, you know, as of last night, and I don't know that anything has changed differently today, but as of last night, I think he was just going to pass on those opportunities. And hmm. let's make it clear, he would have been offered by both LSU and USC if he visits Baton Rouge and Los Angeles. But I think he's going to pass on those shots, and, and he seemed more content to just uh, not muddy the waters, kind of actually what his words, not muddy the waters, and maybe just stick with K-State. So we'll find out soon. Um if we're if we're sitting here on Monday of next week and he hasn't made a decision yet, then I probably start to worry that he's probably going to take those other two trips. But as, as of right now, I, I think Kansas State's probably in, in better shape than most would anticipate. Well, that's really good news. Derek Young from K-Center Line. D.Y., that's all I got for you this week. Anything you want to plug? Anything you want to get out there? Uh, just stick to K-So for all your recruiting information. I feel like we have a bunch every day. It's um, – Always, always something different too, and and, and the basketball sc- stuff is really going to pick up again. I know we're in a bit of a lull for some reason, but like like we both discussed earlier, there's a lot, plenty of talent still remaining in the portal, and and they just made another offer actually just as we speak to a high school player. So uh, a lot to unfold if you if you really want to get in on the news, you know, Queso's where it's at. Does this merry-go-round ever slow down for you? You know, this is usually the slow time of the year, but just because there was a, a rush to, to right. fill this roster, I'm just not going to get a slow time this year, apparently, unless I get lucky in July. Uh, yeah, good luck with that. What are you guys charging these days for KSO? Is it like 30 bucks a month? Oh, uh, yeah, no. I, th- I don't even know. I think it's like $9.99. $9.99? Jesus, pretty much giving it away. All right, D.Y., we'll let you go. Uh, keep checking out all that stuff on K-State Online. They're pumping up the content. It's through the roof right now. Derek, appreciate your time. We'll talk to you next week. Absolutely. Follow him on Twitter at DYoungRivals, and we'll finish hour one of the game next. (laughs) 
Dude, Tom Hanks' son, Chet, is a freak. He just did this interview, and it's I saw something on Twitter about it where he's doing a uh, impression of Heath Ledger, his his Joker, and then Denzel Washington. It's super cringy. It's so weird. And I already know he's a whack job, but man, just a weirdo. He's nothing like his dad. Nothing like his dad. We're gonna finish hour one of the game here. We got a couple of minutes left. Um, I should have brought this up because it it was you know like a week leading up to basically tomorrow when the NFL uh, schedules are released. You kind of get these bits and pieces leaked, a couple of games here and there, some rumors about what some matchups will be, some potential big ones. Now, Derek Young is a big Green Bay Packers fan. I am, of course, a <laughs> Dallas Cowboys fan. And um, I should have had, I should have brought this up because the Cowboys are visiting Lambeau Field next year. Oh, boy. And apparently it's going to be week 10. You know, so it's going to be a little bit colder up there, up in Green Bay. I should have used that time to do a little trash talk. We'll I got to be, we'll, I got to be the typical Cowboys fan we'll, and be overconfident. We'll find out who God's team is that day, depending on how cold he makes. No, that I don't weather. think God likes cold weather. <laughs> Why would He put it upon us if He didn't? The autumn tundra of Lambeau Field. <laughs> have you ever been to Lambeau? I have not. That's one of the road trips I need to take. I'll be honest with you. I'm not sure I'm a big fan of like of all the seats they've added over the years. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's a much bigger than what it used to be. I can't remember when they did all that. Added, but it just looks weird. It it winds up being almost like an erector set in terms of just ongoing construction. Like building a Lego set, I guess, would be a better. Just because it has gone up the way it has. I, it, I I think of that, and I think of Fenway in that aspect because of all of the things that they've added seat-wise at Fenway. Hour two of the game, going to get into some Jerome Tang talk about he's got a bench, now he needs some starters, and that is coming from really uh, an interview he did with Kellis Robinette. Deuce Vaughn, Felix, Andy DK, Uzama, Aaliyah Carter in a commercial that's like two and a half minutes. But uh, I got to start out with this when we start the second hour. When we come back, Tyler Lockett, in a subtle way, (laughs) is shooting his shot on Twitter with a known pop star. And that's coming up next on The Game. Don't go anywhere. Your local news next.